Hello and welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and this is the Beyond Being Well podcast. Here at the show, we are passionate about helping you, helping you build deep relationships with yourself, the earth, and others, helping you foster a deep, embodied sense of well being and empowerment, helping you slow down, work sustainably, and consume mindfully and helping you create social change from the inside out. So settle in, get cozy, and let's get straight on with the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Meg Berryman, and I am an educator, coach, and facilitator, and yoga teacher, really here to support you to be the change you want to see in the world. Today I have a conversation with the delightful Claire Murray Um, and Claire is a trained naturopath but she's also an intuitive plant medicine practitioner and emotional embodiment facilitator and Claire and I connected over Instagram, I'm not sure how, but um we really found a strong resonance within our messages around both uh, emotional embodiment but also um, around connection with the earth and what that looks like. So in this conversation, Claire invites us to be open to a dialogue, a conversation um, with our plant guides and all beings um, really that we have the invitation to connect with more deeply and I thought that this was a beautiful episode to share given uh, that it was Earth Day this week and with the new moon in Taurus I really felt called to share this as soon as I recorded it because the wisdom contained in this conversation feels really important at this time And it's particularly feeling resonant with me at this time as well. I'm also going to be um, sharing a solo episode next week uh, around my experience and what I'm learning um, about human design and my own design and where that journey is taking me. But until then, I would love if you felt called to share this episode. If you do share it, please tag myself and Claire Uh, in your stories or on your feed in Instagram. It really helps me grow the show and continue to produce free content for you guys, which I absolutely adore doing. Um, And it really helps me as well in inviting guests on um, who have a strong resonance with the message of this show. So I would love if you could rate and review on iTunes and share it with your friends on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and if you have a topic of conversation that you'd love me to talk about on the show, if there's a particular question, you can do two things, or if there's a, or even if there's a guest that you'd like me to interview, um, I really want this show to be supportive for you. So you can either email me at meg at megberryman.com or you can head over to Facebook and join our free um Facebook group which is called the School for Sacred Social Leaders and in that group we're running free monthly circles, I'm doing free weekly trainings and I'm doing uh, weekly embodiment practices as well, yoga classes and meditations so it's really a beautiful growing community um, 
where there's other people just like you who care about uh, both your internal growth and how that impacts in the collective. So I would love to see you there. And in that group, you can uh, ask me any questions that you have and to share your insights on what might be useful in the show. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Claire. I hope you and your loved ones are well and safe and I will chat to you soon. Claire, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is a joy to be here. I um, feel like we've been kind of circling each other on Instagram for a while and I'm really happy to be (laughs) having this conversation. But I'm wondering how ISO life is going for you. Good question. ISO life is actually feeling a bit lush because um, I love being in my home and being there is very energising for me. Um, And I have my plants that I'm very good friends with and I have my grass and I have, you know, my home. And right before corona like in the, the couple of months before that we moved out to renovate so it was like living at friend, um family's houses which was beautiful but like living out of suitcases and being quite ungrounded and we literally moved back in um the day before I started working from home so uh, it has been like a homecoming at the same time um which has kind of felt quite peaceful in a way to come back and ground again and then um I don't know, for lack of a better term, like be forced to stay here. Um, so, yeah, it's it's feeling nice so far. Hmm. I love that word homecoming. It's very resonant mm. for me. Um, so I'm wondering, you've got your little dog with you and you've got your plants and I'm wondering what medicine you're receiving I guess from the natural world at the moment I'm just curious to hear what's coming through for you because I certainly feel like there's an amplification in the in the turning down of all the other noise there's been an amplification in my capacity to hear what's going on around me in the natural world and I just it's it's quite um I've always been I guess in tune with it but never to this extent of like being called so deeply to listen and I'm just curious what you have been or like what are the lessons what's the wisdom that's been coming through to you during this period Mm. it has been interesting I spend a lot of time connecting with the energy of the earth uh, and with plants I feel like there has been some moments over the past couple of weeks especially where I could actually feel and and see the enormous uh, shifts that is happening with the earth right now, Um, especially in that um, I I am in in no way an astrologer, but that fourth of the fourth, you know, and when that big um, global meditation happened on the 5th of April, the day after, um, you know, I was tuning in and, oh, my gosh, the change and the unraveling and the resetting and the expansion I had never really experienced that before uh tapping into mother earth it it just felt like she was going through such a a revolution and an evolution and um to me I've also experienced it in that there was almost moments where 
you know, I, I would normally really ground my energy down. And she was almost like, that you don't even have to do that anymore. Like I'm here, like I'm coming up, the energy is rising, the energy is coming up. Like I'm, I'm meeting you where you are. Um, there's just so much energy available. So uh, I so agree with what you've said. And, and I feel like the, the plants, you know, the beings of her that are here, um, I think there is a lot more energy around them kind of being like, you know, let's come into presence with each other you can have a conversation with someone, something, once you have met it. Mm. So there is a lot around um, meeting <clears throat> meeting a, a, um, a plant and saying, like, hello, uh, I'm here. Uh, what do you have to say? And once you open that door, I say that to all of, of my clients when I do plant spirit things with them, it, it opens the door to a conversation and like a romancing of each other that you will probably have for the rest of your life. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, just the, there seems like there is a lot exactly as you kind of touched on. Hmm. I love it so much because sometimes when I'm like walking around and the other day I was staring into the eyes of a cow for about six minutes. No joke. Like on my walk, I was just like, and we were just locked, you know, locked Oof. eyes. And then today, um, I was going out, I was taking the girls out to, to the Creek for, for an adventure. And there's a paddock that we pass and it's got about six horses in it. And I've always had, um, a relationship with horses and they were just there at the fence and so I like pulled over the car and and just being with them and looking at them and listening and and like you said initiating that conversation but then having the gift of explaining what I'm feeling and how I'm relating to my daughter and she's four Mm -hmm. now my eldest and she's starting to get language like today she said Mama, sometimes I can he- I can feel Nell, who's her little sister's feelings, and it makes me feel grumpy. And mm-hmm. so, like, she's got this language now, and we're talking about the horses. And there was one horse who was, um, you know, she was the she was the the alpha. She was the lead mare, and um, she was dictating, you know, who who got pats and food and and my daughter was like she's naughty and I said well is she naughty or is is this how they survived you know is their wisdom kind of here in that one of them needs to be on alert that's how herds Mm. work and we're the same and I'm just having this conversation but I feel like there's um there's something in me when you talk about opening the gateway to the conversation that is like deeply soothing to me Mm. and I think it's deeply soothing to the part of me that wants to not feel so alone in a system Mm. that has been built on our aloneness for Mm. for profit (laughs) we've Mm. been built to to like behave in that way so it just really soothes me and I just thank you for opening that pathway but I'm curious how you came into this relationship with the earth and how it how it started to move through your work like was it something that you've always innately felt um but maybe didn't have language for it or how has that evolved Mm. I think that probably encompasses it to a degree and it was also uh, a discovery 
Um, so, I mean, I'm trained as a naturopath. So I was initiated into uh, a Western herbal medicine tradition, which is interesting because that comes from Europe uh, and the UK, and then, you know, they mig- migrated over to the, the US, uh, and some of those plants became part of the Western herbal medicine tradition. And then as years have gone by and, you know, globalization has happened, there's been other um, herbs from other parts of the world, you know, like turmeric comes from India and um, certain um, other herbs, you know, come from China or Russia, you know, they've kind of been adopted into the that kind of the style of herbalism as well and so you know I always had that but the the teaching that you get uh, at least in the institution that I went to but very much in Australia is uh, when you're learning to be a naturopath is you almost have no exposure to the actual plant itself and there's this term in naturopathy called a brown bottle herbalist that kind of gets used within the profession and it's it's naturopaths who don't grow the plant or know the plant they wouldn't be able to identify it in the wild um we can buy the ready-made herbal extracts from manufacturers and you know stock them in our clinic in those brown bottles that you would have seen you know if you ever have been somewhere that has them and you make up your um your herbal formulas and you know it feels pretty cool and witchy when you're doing it but um that's kind of as far as it goes you know like you learn about the herb on a slide and you wrote learn memorize its actions um it's very, you know, kind of lacks the spirit, like compared to what we were just talking about before, very Mm. different energy. And so, you know, that's where I came from and it almost felt weird and that I could tell in a deeper, more intuitive level that my, my work was very connected with the earth and connected with plants, but I almost at the same time felt no emotional affiliation with them. Um, And then I started to do a lot of inner work around Um, just coming closer to myself, uh, exploring what my gifts, what my purpose, what my reason for being uh, here in this lifetime was. And it started to become very abundantly clear that the medicine of the earth was something I was here to use in my work with people, but also uh, connect people with and uh, get to know myself of myself and I started to look around and be like hang on the best medicine and the best plant to use is the one that's outside your door it's the one that's inside your house it's the one that you share your ecosystem and your land with they experience the same sunshine the same rain they are right near you when you experience your troubles and your triumphs in your life like they are sharing your life with you um and just this complete awakening of wow when people moved to australia and herbalism moved to australia there was no adoption of the plants that we have available here and uh, you know that's a whole nother massive topic and speaks to the relationship that you know um colonizers and and the indigenous people have um but also at the same time anyone can embark on their own relationship and it just hasn't really ever been kind of picked up and fostered here so then I kind of went on a bit of a mission to be like well how can I develop a relationship with the plants that I share my ecosystem with 
uh, what healing and, and uh, learnings do they have for me uh, without even having to use any of the herbs that I wrote learn <laughs> mm. in my traditional training because sure turmeric that comes from India might be really anti-inflammatory and it might be so hot right now um, but also there is going to be something around me that is anti-inflammatory as well we just don't know it yet and that answer is probably actually you know it feels very exciting to say that sentence but also at the same time there are people in our communities that do have those answers that we're not listening to um and at the same time the answer to that question might also be different for every single person mm. because uh, what every person needs is different and even what i need today to cure inflammation that i have today could be totally different to what i need tomorrow so uh, that concept that I talked before about opening up a conversation, it is incredible because mm. you just get to sit there and ask a question and say, this is what I need or, or what wisdom do you have? And um, how amazing, you know, to hear those things. Uh, it, yeah, it's just like it's a joy. It's a total joy. I love all of that so much. I'm just like really receiving it because it's something that I've dabbled you know, with, with, um, so I, you know, I was trained in public health and it was all about systems and I've always dabbled with, oh, maybe I'd love to do naturopathy, but there is something, um, the wisdom that I know about herbs came from seeing my mum and my grandparents have a market garden and seeing how they used herbs in all in lots of different ways in practical ways but even more than that I learned a great deal from a, a family friend who's now passed on but she um, grew up with her kids we were homeschooled together and she um, was from England and she was from Cornwall where my family's from and this is the most fascinating thing about what you're saying is the things that she taught me about herbs and the resonance I had with her type of medicine, both energetically and physically, how she used herbs, how she made tinctures, just watching her, the application of them has a really strong resonance for me. And it was like, not from this lifetime, like in my lineage, mm. like there's a lineage connection with how she used her herbs and, and, and what my ancestors would have. But because we have become so displaced and as you say globalization has allowed certain avenues of knowledge to flow and others to not and we don't have that oral tradition of storytelling we've lost that connection through our lineages as well of all that technology and medicine that our ancestors intrinsically knew were were right for our systems that now you know thousands of miles away in a dry arid continent <laughs> seem, mm. you know it's <laughs> still applicable but it's like we've forgotten that and um when you were just talking then I was like yes that's what the articulation of it that I've never been able to to say is like that that the herbs just by being and the plants just by being in our presence um there's a relationship there and I certainly feel that with with the garden that we're growing here and um it's really soothing again it just makes me feel really excited mm. and it really makes me feel excited because I don't know about you but 
I feel like right now at this particular point, the energy that I'm feeling and the conversations that I'm having is that we know there are more creative solutions around the corner to a whole lot of things. We can't quite see them yet, but we can feel the shape Mm. of them coming. And I just think as systems fall apart as painful and as and as awful and you know recognizing I guess our own privilege in that Mm. um there is space for different more creative solutions to come and I think that the interconnection with the earth has to be part of whatever is coming next um Mm. the remembering of that but Mm. I wanted to ask um something that I've been pondering and that is I wonder whether the aim of all of our health and wellness stuff that we've been exploring in the West um, is kind of wrong in the fact, not wrong, but just weird in the fact that our aim is like to be not sick and to not Mm. have imbalance and to not have dysfunctional disease. And I was reflecting on that, that my greatest teachers and the greatest moments of remembering have all come from some form of dysfunction And then again, I think about the ecology of like the feedback in a system when there's too much of one pathogen or too much of one and there's not enough predator, too much prey and not enough predator, for example. The feedback of that dysfunction creates a shift in the system that's positive. And I've just been like thinking today in the lead up to this conversation, like is the aim here really to be like vital 24 7 365 days of the year like what do you think I so supremely love that you brought this topic up because I ponder it too like I contemplate it like half head half heart um and I've like written things on it before that I haven't published yet because I so agree so much with what you have said um my greatest teachers as well you know, I mean, it's very common for a naturopath to say they got they got into that field from their own health stuff, and I certainly um, fall into that category. Oh my gosh, the layers that you can peel back, how much more deeply you can peer, or in a more expanded way, view yourself if you really sit in presence with some kind of dysfunction or disorder or disease within your body they are your greatest teachers and they are a gateway, 100%. And so, like, I, I I think it's an interesting one when you look at something like um, congenital or genetic conditions or conditions that are chronic that don't necessarily have a cure. But I think, you know, to tell those people that, you should just be able to fix them or that like you were saying that every single condition, you know, the point is to be vital and well, it can be quite stigmatizing and quite stressful. It's like, well, how about we approach this with the perspective of being curious and asking some questions and allowing anything that's rising in our body to take us deeper. Um, I, as I started to kind of go into doing a lot of personal work, and unraveling a lot and coming into much deeper communion with what my purpose and my gifts, you know, when a lot of this kind of plant spirit stuff was awakening and um, I was in like, okay, well, I have to, I have to step out. I have to be visible in this. I have to start sharing this information. And I got so sick 
Mm. Like my body was like, no, like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Um, I am like slamming the brakes on you stepping beyond the stories and conditionings within your body and within your nervous system about what we can do and how far we can go. Like I was not, the point of that exercise was to not just get well because I would have missed the lesson. It was like, it was like my becoming to stay in the fire of that sickness and to stay there and to stay there. And, you know, it's obviously appropriate to do that when it's safe. Um, and it was just saying how, like, can you, can you stay? Like you, you're in the middle of becoming the person that you need to be to do the work that you need to do. And, uh, the body is putting up the fight here. We step into more truth. The shadow always gets illuminated. And I think that's what can happen so much. That was a very lived experience of exactly what you were talking about. Um, so I, I resonate a lot with what you're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm quite fascinated by that topic. But it's so um, it's so layered and there's so you're right there is so much stuff around it because we it's like on one hand I'm thinking out loud that when we I don't agree with some spiritual approaches where it's like if you're sick then it's something you've thought bad or like you're doing it wrong Mm. or like I don't agree with that because I don't think that's helpful particularly for women um but I also, and I, and I also don't want to say that things that are really deeply awful and painful and catastrophic are good. Mm. And so it's, it's really nuanced, but mm. I think, I think what I'm trying to say and what maybe you're trying to say as well, what we're, what we're both the underlying, the, the, the rhythm of the message is more around how we relate to dysfunction, death and disease generally as a society um, and how we attach some form of, like for me, I've always attached some form of failure to being unwell, tired, Mm. fatigued, whatever, um, in a society that really loves productivity. And um, even just before the call I was sharing how Every month when I bleed, it's such a deeply, um, it's such a deeply triggering thing for me still because it, it taps right into those wounds of, of being unable, being, and, and I just think that maybe what we're articulating is if we can change the way we relate to, um, dysfunction and do that through the lens of looking at how nature, works with dysfunction it's not about not harnessing all the tools and technologies we have at our disposal um in concert with each other but it is about i guess recognizing that um that there there are there is an intelligence beyond what sometimes we can rationally understand in our mind and for me and i think your work as well is always coming back to this idea that what if there was nothing actually wrong with this situation? Like what if there was nothing Mm. wrong with you? What if all of this conditioning and all of this layering of like you've done something wrong, you are wrong, there's something wrong is actually preventing us from seeing 
what is possible when we support the system as a whole to recalibrate and to honour the wisdom that we don't yet know exists there. And I think every time I think about burnout, for me being not a personal failing but a, an, an, a more of an invitation to not only reorient my own life but to demonstrate what's possible um like can we can we live sustainably and thrive at the same time is that possible and and everywhere I look all around me in nature it Mm. shows me that that is possible (laughs) so Mm. I just think I don't know am I I making any sense is it about the Mm. relationship of what we have with dysfunction and disease do you think Mm. yeah I kind of was getting this sense as you were talking that it's almost like disease is a part of health like they exactly. they 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 come and they um have an exchange with each other it's a dynamic part of being a human being i it is very fundamental to my personal belief system that we are part earth like part physicality and we're also part universe like part spirit part soul and they are in dynamic ecstatic i suppose union with each other within our very cells within our dna uh, they're speaking to each other things manifest things come through things express awaken talk to us so i 100 percent agree with how finessed and how multi-layered and how complex this conversation is but i agree that um being extremely liberal that when anything gets binary and black and white i get quite uncomfortable yeah. and that uh, when we can exist in the gray of that can we at least ask the question of oh what what actually you know my body's speaking to me right now even if that uh, language is hellish, mm. what what um, what else could be here? Like what else? Could, yeah, what could actually be rising? Mm. Uh, and I agree. Using the term failure is, or feeling failure within ourselves is um, very much a, a response to that. Yeah, the constructs and the conditioning of be on, be productive, be going all the time. There isn't room for this. And, you know, there's also that kind of idealised person that's looks and is a certain way. It's like, nah, like, humanity, like, what a ride. Totally. <laughs> you know, your body mm-hmm. speaking to you is part of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And, you know, just as you were talking, it's like the only way we get immunity and our immune system is built through being sick. Like, it mm-hmm. is literally the only way as a, as a child that we develop immunity is through being sick so that mm. it, we can't produce those cells in isolation <laughs> without the without the pathogen it just mm. doesn't work and um i love i love what you said around gray and nuanced and and i'm really loving to you reflecting back to the individual of what what feels right and purposeful for you and what feels true for you and i think um at least my intention around this is and an, a huge awakening even in the way that I'm running my business now is um I I can have I can have permission to um do what's right for me and that mm-hmm. that's okay you know that mm-hmm. that's and I think for women that's really um it's my life's work and mm. and I think it's a lot of our life's work mm-hmm. um but I'm curious I'm curious too to explore. I know you do. I know you do a bit of emotional embodiment work as well, and I'm just curious as to how you see the relationship between 
those two parts of your work, the plant medicine and the plant spirit medicine, and then the emotional kind of work, like what's the relationship, what's the interaction and, and how is that being kind of built from your own experience of working with the emotional body? Mm. Mm. Such a good question. Oh, I, I feel like my, uh, what really lights me up or why I'm here, at least at the moment, feels like a two-part story of to bring people home back to who they really are and then to help them connect with the earth. Um, I think you, it's not linear, like nothing is. You, can't, you don't have to do one to do the other. But as you do one, it helps the other. And mm-hmm. they have this kind of dynamic interplay. I think to um, to like to be able to hear the earth and receive her wisdom, you have to think that that's important. And you have to think that that's worthwhile. And you have to feel this kind of whispering yearning of the perfection of nature. And then you have to then be able to act on that. To be able to do that, I think, does take a degree of buying out of the, you know, patriarchal capitalist <laughs> world that we um, at least live in that tells us none of those things are important. Uh, and then that's a macrocosm. It's a macrocosm of, you know, the tender, pure, earth, dark parts of me, they are worth listening to. Um, but what lives within my bones or the conditioning and the stories that we're told is actually know that I should push and I should strive and I should be on and I should be at the same level of productivity every day of my life. It's like those, those things have to be unraveled to be able to tap into who we intrinsically are and to be able to kind of settle into our place in nature and just feel so deeply at home and so deeply rested there and be nurtured and, and, and commune with her. Um, so I think the best way to meet those stories, to meet the conditioning, the wounding, the traumas, the unexpressed emotions, because we are not facilitated. I think what you touched on before with your daughter is beautiful, you know, um, language, like allowing her to have the language for that concept of emotional intelligence. Like it's amazing that she knows it and can speak about it because so many of us can't it's emotional embodiment that helps us meet those things and just let them be here and feel them and, and move, move out and up and on and, and leave your body and leave your energy and, and make sound if you need to and just, you know, kind of return to beyond, beneath all of those stories. Like who am I and what do I want to say how do I want to move this through my body and how is it feeling? And, you know, when we start to ask those questions, this whole entire world that hasn't necessarily been felt uh, because we haven't been resourced or we haven't felt that it's safe to do that, it, it starts to open up and we can let some of it go or we can journey with some of it. Um, so... Yeah, very nuanced again and so beautiful to kind of dance and go between the two. Like sometimes my work is very separate in that um, uh, I will meet with a client and 
the part of the journey that I am intersecting with them on is, is very much an emotional embodiment, releasing stuckness part. And then I'll meet with someone else who's at a place where like plant spirit medicine feels really amazing. And it's about taking them on that journey and really keeping them present within their body so they can feel where the medicine's working. So, Mm. um, it's just, it falls how it falls. Mm. And I think my mind used to get quite caught up on like, Oh, I have to be one or the other, or it's hard and have both. And it's like, no, it can all work. Mm. It can all coexist. It's me. So it just can. (laughs) And also it's, um, there's no there to get to, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like we were talking mm. before about like what's the, it's it's moving away from outcomes to just living and really mm. um, the way that we weave our gifts and magic and learnings and wisdom um, is going to be activated by different people, what we're seeing and feeling in the presence of another being. And it's so fascinating to me that when I'm in relationship with different people, you know, the what what happens when our energy fields come together is completely different to when I'm sitting opposite you to someone else. And that's so mm. magic to me that that's possible, mm. that, some, that someone can bring something out in me or that, that together we can create something that's new and different. And um, it just gives me endless, like, desire to deeply connect with people and to see all the myriad of possibilities and it's the same again in nature to me it's like you you never know this is the beauty of it is that I could develop the most insanely perfect aesthetically pleasing permaculture garden and yet have zero control over what is going to happen in that garden you know Mm -hmm. in two Mm -hmm. or three years time and I think mm-hmm. we're the same. It's like we have to be open to the mystery and the magic of what emerges. Um, but certainly this idea of my own experience of emotional embodiment and reconnecting with my emotional self and moving through years and years and years of unexpressed um unheard unacknowledged feelings um Mm. really has allowed me to land back on the earth because in my Mm. experience my intolerance and I don't say that with judgment just I, I, I had no tolerance I hadn't activated that muscle of being of having emotions be tolerable especially big ones shame and whatever else um as that dial has become more sensitive and I've been able to stay with and express and garner the wisdom from those emotions, I don't need to escape myself so often, which creates distractions, which is the perfect fuel for a capitalist system that doesn't mm-hmm. want us to be connected to the earth, does, that certainly doesn't want us to be connected with self and or each other on a deep level. Mm-hmm. And so if we're all bouncing off each other and numbing and distracted and projecting um, all of our unexpressed emotions outward, um, then that's a beautiful opportunity for us to continue to buy things <laughs> and oh, <yeah. laughs> continue the cycle. And so I, I really love that there when you talk about the interaction between these two pieces that it's like it makes, per- it makes perfect sense because I have the lived experience of that and I also have the lived experience of 
feeling like you've moved through something and come to a fresh perspective. And then like the other day, I really had this collapse around, oh, I'm part of the cycle. Like humans aren't separate. Like I actually, that idea of being connected to spirit and earth and being, and being part of that cycle that move is moving through me into the earth and and back up again like I was like oh that was really blew my mind and I was like so Mm -hmm. at peace with being in the cycle and I was like this is amazing and then and so okay with death and I'm fine with death and fine with all of nature and then I walked to my back door and my cat George who is literally the embodiment of all that is he is both the predator and the prey and everything in between he's literally gray as well he's like all the gray areas (laughs) he's there at the back door dismembering a baby rabbit just in front of my eyes Mm. and so there it is like right in front of me how okay are you with death are you really part Mm. of this cycle are you really willing to own the predator in you are you really willing to be part of this cycle and my Mm. whole body was like recoiling and like um and so there the invitation again the conversation as you say and I just think it's so endlessly fascinating this correlation this Mm. interrelationship between the work we do in ourselves the work that we do in the collective and then the work we do with the earth I think it's just obviously I could talk about it for hours (laughs) but I'm wondering what's coming up as I'm speaking for you like what uh what is landing for you what is wanting to move through you as we're speaking about this Good question. I think what I feel and what I know is that there's just a lot more available than what we know. Like I think us uh, stepping into claiming our place and from remembering our place in nature uh, will come truly, truly come, like that would really land if we really dismantled um, the, the constructs and the, you know, societies that we live in now, like that, that would be massive. Um, and I think to get to that point and to be engaging and realising our place in the cycle of life and in the food chain and that whole predator-prey aspect that you talk about and just uh, removing that separation that we are so caught up in right now. When we really land there, like, who knows what could happen, really? It, like, it fills my mind with wonder and I feel like I can't envisage what will happen because to imagine it from our current reality, like, I can't quite with where we're at right now. Um, I just feel like there's so much, I had this beautiful, um, process or kind of thing moved me through me one day when I was at this beautiful waterfall in New Zealand and my mind was really struggling with the concept of, um, I think it comes from a place of lack, which is very bred into us and scarcity. I was like, how does this absolutely epically abundant waterfall just keep flowing and flowing and flowing? Like, doesn't it ever run out? Um, and it, I kind of went through this process and the earth showed me that her energy that she gives us is regenerative. It is ultimately regenerative. And the more that we can step into that model and facilitate that ourselves, the more energy she can provide us with. Um, And it was kind of like, you know, she, she would give 
say like an apple tree life the tree grows apples the apples then feed us and nourish us or feed and nourish other beings you know we then return some of that energy back to the earth with our waste or with our bodies at the end of our lifetime and through being nourished we were able to go out and be of service and live our gifts and so the energy that she gave the tree it made the earth better than it was before it's not even just a cycle of renewal renewal it's like it's even better than that it's the next level so the more that we can tap into this which does so encompass this big story around embodiment and to you know come and face all of these stories that exist within us that allow us to not access that place you know it's by going on that journey and to coming in communion like you said the individual and the collective like kind of getting rid of that illusion of separation and stepping into all of this like the what we could create i think in communion and in co-creation with the earth kind of blows my mind Mm, blows mind too and i just love how you talk about this Mm. because it's just like sometimes i feel like i'm the only crazy person (laughs) talks about this stuff but um oh two things you said were one being around what if we could claim our place and and that feels so powerful like not in a power over way that we've been taught to coerce and control nature but a really power which actually ironically comes from feeling powerless in the face of nature is Mm. why we feel the need to dominate dominate it because we feel afraid what if that could be a really powerful place to be like i'm claiming my place as this and here and my humanity is this and this is the role it plays it's really the prospect of what would be possible from that place of not being afraid anymore is really incredible and then Mm. this idea of regeneration and regenerate it being more than just renewal and i and i've had this moment this week and now you know obviously we're we're talking in divine timing but um that yeah regeneration is built on death right like we're the only the mm. only possible way the uh, that the earth is constantly consuming itself in all forms to create different and alternative and even better possibilities um i feel like the same kind of applies to the emotional state right of like if i'm willing to process and digest my emotional experiences and traumas and all of the things that we've experienced, then to me that creates the inner compost from which we can grow new selves and new, not not new realities for ourselves, not new selves, but it's, um, well, it is. I mean, it's on a cellular level, we're constantly regenerating. And I just think that's mm. so profound too, is like that our emotions are the matter from which we can regenerate and Mm. that blows my mind oh totally and 100 percent. and anytime anyone gives these just sublime examples of the macrocosm and the microcosm and vice versa i have that like that profound moment of awe and then i'm also just like oh of course that would be the truth because anything that is truly of nature it's the ultimate yin and yang like there's a little bit of both in that symbol in the other one Mm. um that 
it has to exist within us if it's existing in nature and vice versa because we are of nature it's like those those correlations always remind me what we're actually part of Mm. which is I think quite beautiful it's like it's awe-inspiring and like oh yeah of course (laughs) it's but it's profoundly just (laughs) unexciting at the same time (laughs) yeah like oh yeah 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 but um I'm definitely still filled with awe like when you were just talking then I'm like yeah of course like I've heard of that concept of emotional compost before but you're right like just this concept of transformation being so associated with death and rebirth and all of it like you know now we're just kind of getting into the cycles of life and that we go through them ourselves and we get to witness earth going through them. It's like, it's just, um, I don't know. I just think it's really magic. It's a magic. And you know, the other thing is, it's just not pretty. And I think that that's Mm. just the, the part of us that needs to accept that it's not ever going to look like the advertisement (laughs) and it's never going to feel amazing. Like that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, uh, just, combating all the spiritual bypassing to be like it's not pretty like there are things in nature that we can't bear to look at like a baby lamb Mm -hmm. or a baby zebra getting chased by a lion like we cannot bear to look at that and yet Mm -hmm. it's part of life and yet it's part of the cycle and so I just think it's like there's so much resonance in your message because it normalizes our human experience and it normalizes mm. the parts we don't think are pretty and actually shows us that those parts are really interesting and can be really awe-inspiring and really um, magic. And I think that that's, we just can't hear that enough, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I. it's been such an awakening for me. You know, I suppose we're speaking on more of a microcosm level here, but maybe... Um, maybe this is us, you know, kind of projecting when we see those predator-prey things of that it's our, it is literally our conditioning that decides if an emotion is negative or positive. Mm. Like we kind of signed up if you believe that we come and, you know, choose to have this this life in this physical um, form. We, part of the reason we came to do that is to come and feel it all uh, and that full spectrum to our true selves emotion is just emotion and it just wants to be felt and then you know the the human the human part of us our nervous system that tries to keep us alive second to second and then all of the personal and familial and cultural conditioning that goes on on top of that then decides well is this emotion good or bad should I feel it or should I not you know like anything can be compost and give rise to something new but we can really just society can really decide what is and isn't okay and then it's it's then makes it so hard for us to come and meet and emotion Mm. because it does feel big and it does feel uncomfortable because there is every single fiber of our nervous system is screaming at us that that emotion isn't okay and that it might be a threat to our survival and that it's not nice to feel that so let's just not like what it is such a bold and courageous and uh, act and an act of reclamation to say i'm gonna see you and i'm gonna sit in that messiness and unattractiveness of feeling this, exactly what you were saying before, and it's going to be wild and messy, and this is being human. Mm-hmm. And, and then that will turn into something incredible on the other side because when you go through a death and a rebirth, you know, when it is really true, it is regenerative. Like something else will come from it. 
that mm. is, uh, in my own experience, personally, in watching anyone else or talking to anyone else, it's better than it was before. Yeah, it mm. really is. It really is. And it's also um, what is possible to grow from that that soil and that compost um, is that we can be thrilled and delighted. Like, I think just by what emerges, you know, um, mm. which I'm moving more towards a place of in my life. It's just less like trying to get anywhere and more just being thrilled and delighted by the things I come across as a human. <laughs> That's a really mm. nice place to be. And yet at the same mm. time, there is this part of my mind that comes up every so often that's like, but what about, what are we doing here? Like, what, yeah. where are we going? <laughs> and then I just What love, are the KPIs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then just coming back to the, to the start of this conversation is the answer that I give myself is like, we're going home. We're coming home. That's where we're going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really beautiful um, reminder mm. that you have given me tonight. So, Claire, thank you so much for coming and having a chat on the podcast. I've loved hanging out with you. And I'm just wondering whether your inner guidance system wants to share anything else before we um, finish up this conversation. Mm. Let me ask. I would say it feels pertinent to share uh, to set an intention to find, no, not to find, to meet with and allow uh, something in nature to connect with you, like allow your energies to align and to come into a moment where you see each other. And I leave that purposely very vague because it could be anything um you can work with any aspect of nature on any level you know very physical very intuitive it can be an element it can be a rock um you know it can be the wind as much as it can be a flower like allow this space to connect with something and just allow that doorway to open and then ask what is the right or the next step to do and just go from there. Like just just let there be no rules and just let it be totally guided by feeling uh, and intuition and what feels good and what jumps out at you because uh, nature doesn't have words the way we do but they elements of nature have so many ways to communicate and it's like just creating that space and that intention for that conversation to start and then continue and um see where it takes you i love that i'm gonna take that invitation and i'm gonna um just have more conversations because i love this idea Mm. of conversing um instead of just like Mm. witnessing but actually conversing it's like Mm. a new layer for me that i'm really excited about there's going to be a lot more staring at cows and pine cones (laughs) to come (laughs) than talking to them so thank you (laughs) that's so awesome oh thank you so much for having me mate it is like so so good and thank you for your amazing questions and prompts you're welcome thank you for being here